And welcome back to another episode of Pop Culture POV. We've got a topic that's going to be a lot of fun, but I can't do it alone. Lauren is hanging out with us. Hi, Lauren. Hi, Ronnie. And we have Fallon also hanging out, ready to talk the talk. Both of which have been longtime friends of mine, and they both have interesting things within their own work. Uh, Fallon has a product line. Uh, Lauren has new news, you know, coming up and new career stuff coming up. But we'll talk about all that after. First, um, on Pop Culture POV, Lauren, we try to talk about topics that make sense and are fun and um, just really celebrating certain things. And sometimes the legacy of who you are is important. So on today's Pop Culture POV, Lauren, can you take it away with what our topic is going to be today? Yeah, I mean, of course, when we hear about the passing of people that we've looked up to forever, it's not necessarily good news, but the fact that they have a legacy is great news, right? So we're thinking, you know, they say people pass in threes. Well, in the celebrity world, we lost um, Betty White, then we lost Sidney Poitier, and then we lost Bob Saget only a couple of days ago. Uh, three very amazing, amazing uh, talents in their own rights who live wonderful lives, uh, but they also left behind such great legacies because if you go on social media, if you read in the papers, these people have nothing but positive feedback, right? From their lives. Betty White was almost a hundred years old. Yeah. Uh, we can even kind of start with her. Um, a yeah, lot Betty of- White is, she's, she's approaching, you know, the, it's, it's almost like, even though she's not physically here, the hundredth birthday celebration is still going to live within us, I think. Right. You yes, know, yes. tracking back to all of her work and how many decades she had of a, a fantastic career. It's really exciting. Do you know she started before there was even television? She was starring in a radio show. So her career has gone on since she was like in her teens. Mm. Fallon, were you, did you ever watch Golden Girls? Oh, of course. <laughs> Me and my stepsister used to love watching it. And I mean, all of the Golden Girls were amazing. But Betty White definitely stood out. But it's I, nice to know that they're maybe reunited in heaven and and making each other laugh and having a good time. I love the way Lauren says, did you watch Golden Girls? Like it was like this hidden show. It was only the biggest show ever, Lauren. Well, I, have you ever heard <laughs> of that little show called Golden Girls? Have you heard but of B. I Arthur? Think, and- you know, <laughs> I was young when it was out. So I typically, if I didn't have older siblings, I probably would have never watched Golden Girls. I would have been stuck on Flintstones and, yeah. you know. I caught it on uh, Nick at Night. Remember it used to play yeah, on Nick, Nick at, at Night, Night all the time. Yeah. <laughs> my, my grandmother used to love to watch it, you know, just being of an older age and kind of laughing with them. And, uh, you know, so you have that aspect of it. And what's interesting about Betty White, too, not just all these decades of a career. And like you said, starting so young, it's just um, even coming off of working um, and having such success on the Mary Tyler Moore show. And even that character was more of a Blanche character almost, you know, yeah. not really, not really. But like the way that some audiences will know her just as the uh ditzy uh you know rose nyland but like she had you know many decades to kind of influence different bits of her uh, her art really yeah. which is she nice. definitely had range right like she could sing which a lot of people don't know she could do comedic acting and even in her older 90s something year old in the proposal with ryan reynolds oh my gosh she was so good in that I think that's the lesson we should all have too is our um, and i say this a lot too i think fallon and i we text a lot about stuff like this like career reinvention. I think that's really so interesting because you're right. The older stuff, like the proposal was so different than Golden Girls. And can I tell you guys, uh, 
I found it a bit shocking <laughs> to know that uh, she was not married once. <laughs> she, 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 she also career reinvented, uh, you know, the old wedding situation. She tried a bunch of times. That just seemed a bit shocking to me, you know? Wow. Yeah, she seems like this wholesome, you know, she would have the same man for like years and years, you would think. But She saw Elizabeth Taylor and she said, I got you, girl. <laughs> yeah, I can do that too. <laughs> um, when you look at uh, careers, Fallon, when you, when you think of your own career and like who you are when you're entering the industry at 20 and then looking at mid-30s and looking at 40s and, and so on, do you um, think about your own career reinvention? Uh, how, how does that work for you? Well, yeah, I started off, you know, wanting to be a news reporter and do the local news, which I did for a little. And then I wanted to do entertainment news, which I did for a little. But my real passion has always been health and fitness. And when I was able to combine them, I feel like that's when I felt most fulfilled and I feel like I've had the most success. Um, also, career reinvention for you, Lauren, what does that look like? Well, do we have all day? No. <laughs> um, you know, I started kind of in radio in Atlanta and I thought, okay, this is what I want to do. And then quickly realized like, no, I want to be on air. I knew I didn't want to do hard news, but I knew I wanted to be in that entertainment realm. And that's kind of where, you know, ended up in LA where I met you guys. And that was a, over a decade ago. <laughs> and since then, you know, I've tried a little bit of everything, uh, landing here, you know, only recently being a, a lifestyle news anchor for a live TV show, which, you know, it's funny because we work together on something called After Buzz TV. And I never even thought that that experience would lead me to having the ability to do live because we were live on After Buzz. Mm -hmm. um, and so that really helped me a lot. And now I've changed over to, you know, I have Lauren Loves It, which is a website where I'm a certified film critic and I'm kind of going back into that. Like maybe that's where I want to go. So I feel like life is just a, consist a consistent uh, change in career and personal and you grow and you learn, so. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, and to that within her blog, we, uh, we, I've, I've written uh, an article there. <laughs> I can yes, barely say have. it, but I've written an article for, for her, her blog. Um, going to Betty White, going to the Golden Girls, of the four person um, ensemble, who did you connect with character wise? Oh, that's a good question. <laughs> I, I know my answer immediately. So I'm going to make you pick uh, your, your main person. And then I'm going to make you pick like a, like a rising sign. <laughs> you I'm know, telling like, you, Ronnie, you blanch uh, all the way. No, I'm just kidding. Oh, <laughs> I, I have had that moment and I would love to have it again. So we'll circle back, but it's not happening right now. But yeah, tell me your, just the one who just is like, oh, when I watched the show, I loved it. Kind of like sex in the city. You know how people have like their person. And then who's the, uh, your rising sign? Uh, so to speak. Mm, I definitely feel like I, people would probably look at me as a rose just because like I'm silly and kind of absent-minded at times. Um, but I mean, I would, uh, I don't know. I mean, there's a little Blanche wanting to come out sometimes, but I'm married. So I don't know. I can't. <laughs> <laughs> we, 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 we've seen you in your 20s, so we, we've yeah, been around you, it. I, I haven't settled mm -hmm. down. Mm -hmm. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> what about you, Fallon? It's funny. I definitely was blanched in my 20s, but now um, 
I don't know. I think a mixture of the girls. I feel like I could see a, a piece of me in all of them. Well, that's the point. Yeah. It's like, you just, yeah. you know, these are different sides for me though. I got to tell you, <laughs> I'm B Arthur all the way. I knew you were, I knew you were oh yes, that. yes, yes. Dorothy Svornak, like a hundred Dorothy Svornak. I don't know actually what she was, but I feel like she must be a Virgo because I'm really feeling like the connection. I'm not sure, but that's how see I it. feel. I question, for, question for you too. Betty White, we're celebrating the legacy. Also Sydney Portier and also Bob Saget. We'll get to them in a second. Um, can we talk about you two both being journalists? You've been on not only red carpets, but, um, you know, uh, what is it called? Well, forgetting the name. What is it called? Screening events? What's it called? The thing? Junkets? I don't know. Junkets, yes, yes. <laughs> Sorry, my computer was giving me a notation. I was like, what? <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, so what would your questions be if you were talking to Betty White? What would you guys say? Oh, these are good questions. Fallon, do you want to go? I, excuse me, I was drinking something, um, but I love asking elderly or just, you know, people with more experience. <clears throat> Sorry. Mm -hmm. I love asking elderly or people with more experience. What have you learned? What would you say to your younger self? You know, do you have regrets? If you have regrets, what are they? You know, what do you think the meaning of life is? Do you believe in God? What brings you the most joy? What brings you the most sadness? Like, I just, I love asking deep, heartful, you know, heartfelt questions. So that's, that's what I would ask. I like that. Yeah, those are like all the questions. <laughs> um, a lot of times, I mean, I know we're talking about legacy, but a, a question that I've asked people, I've asked Denzel Washington this, I've asked um, Eddie Murphy, but he gave me a stupid answer. But uh, I asked, like, <laughs> what do you hope your legacy will be? Um, yeah. And it's a it's a answer that is interesting because you have the younger people who are just starting out, what they hope, and then the people like Betty White. You know, can you imagine? what she could potentially say i think it would be a good answer whatever it is so i those were about you? both wonderful um i think i would probably ask her something like okay so it worked out for you you know the aging process in hollywood specifically women but even for males as well a little easier for us uh like it worked for you, but like, were there times that it kind of felt overwhelming? Like it wasn't going to work for you. You know, it's, it's like, she's a great success story. All of them are, but it's like always so shocking. I grew up on golden girls. I'm, I'm, I'm somebody who was born in the eighties. So this was like on TV while it was on TV regularly. I was watching it. This was not a rerun yeah. situation. This wasn't uh, Nick at night. They used to run it. This mm -hmm. was literally what we would watch. So it's a success story, but you know, back in that time, you had Empty Nest was also on right after that. But since then, there's just all, I mean, it's just such a, a small space for people of a certain age to have their stories, you know, and I'm like, whether it's a sitcom or a drama, I just don't understand why there's not a lot. Now there is Frank and Gracie. What is it called? Great. Yeah, Grace and, Gracie, and, <laughs> Grace yeah, and Grace and Frankie. It's so Comis good. Comiskey Method is another one. But just in general, it's not that it's not that big. So that would be probably I'd be like, what was, what was it like navigating that? Or did it That's just get did she just get lucky? I don't know. Uh, and you know what? I say we do a cheers for Betty White. We all brought our drinks today, or at least I did. So this is not <laughs> sponsored, but uh, cheers. <laughs> so cheers to the legacy of, you know, people performing is is always a big thing. And impact is something that 
you know, is, is valuable, you know, I guess, cause now the culture is like, a you know, a reality star is now the new celebrity. So in that regard, sometimes there isn't a legacy, but when you track back to people, we just talked about Betty White moving on to Sydney Portier. It's like to serve with love was a moment, you know, looking at the, that photograph of him and uh, Harry Belafonte, these are moments that literally um, inspired, motivated, and move the needle. And so this is definitely worth a celebration. Uh, yeah. What were your guys' thoughts? He was, he lived a, a full life, which is the one part that is always, uh, you know, what was it 93 years old? That's the part that 90, makes you- I think 94. I mean, he was eating his greens, you know? Yeah. <laughs> so I, I, you know, you, it's, a, it's a beautiful, healthy life that impacted so many people. What were your two, your guys' thoughts on uh, the passing of, of, of him and his legacy? Yeah, I mean, with Sidney Poitier, I've known about him basically my whole life. I mean, I grew up with a grandmother who was, who taught me all about, you know, those classic actors and things like that. So I would watch things like Lilies in the Field, which he was the first African-American to win an Oscar uh, for Best Actor with that movie. And that was in like the 60s, I believe. Um, and, you know, my favorite Sydney Poitier movie is definitely uh, Guess Who's Coming to Dinner. And it resonated with me even as a little girl. And it's so funny. I just feel like it was one of those things on television or on, on the screen where you're like, okay, so you don't have to be the same color to date. You don't have to look the same to, to marry. Um, and even though I was a little girl, when I first saw it, it definitely uh, kind of impacted me in a way. And of course, now I'm married to a, a Greek guy and I've always <laughs> dated and didn't matter what you look like. And my family is very open to that. And so I don't know. So that's kind of what a little impact that he made on me when it came to that. But so, obviously he was amazing. In every so way. sometimes seeing it in real life is one thing, but seeing it on screen is it really opens up the door. Yeah. Wow. Oh, yeah. That's interesting. Fallon, what did you think about the legacy and his work in, in general? I think, you know, it's just, it's a loss when a, whenever anybody with a legacy like that passes away. It's like, on one hand, you're so proud that like you had him in your lifetime. But mm -hmm. then on the other hand, it's like, you know, you almost feel like you lost a family member when you grow up watching, you know, their work on the mm -hmm. big screen. Mm -hmm. I'm always mostly influenced by, well, that's the word, influence. It's always the coolest thing when you hear some people you just happen to like, like some of your favorite actors, some of your favorite actresses, some of your favorite directors. And so many of them will pull away with that same uh, conversation, how this one inspired me, this one inspired me, this one, all these people. And somewhere on that list with a lot of people, it's going to be Sidney Portier. So that to me, uh, you know, like I said, Harry Belafonte, all these people, uh, you know, it just is so intriguing that when it is seen, I don't want to use the term representation, you know, matters as like the, you know, the kind of the, the hot word we, we use these days, but it really is that, you know, um, mm -hmm. to the same degree of like, you know, seeing, um, you know, like seeing Rita Moreno, a Puerto Rican, yes. you know, her win the award. She didn't, she didn't, she didn't do the, the, the speech very properly, but nonetheless, like, what that does to the next gal who looks, talks, acts like her. Same thing with Sydney. And it's crazy because to me, it's like he's opened up the, like you just said, Lauren, your mind opened up a little bit. This was on mm -hmm. like a love, love aspect. Mm -hmm. But the way he's opened minds creatively to so many people, it's like, you know, I, mm -hmm. I even the, even the ones that are like still starting their career, so to speak, like 
it's like, you know, if Sydney didn't do what he did, would Issa Rae not do what she did? And we know from the ending of that Insecure, the way Insecure ended was so, I can't think of my friend's birthdays without thinking of like, wow, the, the meaning of it. And so yeah. now you have Issa Rae who's going to, I'm not equaling them at all, but I'm saying now you have her doing that for another generation. So that's like, it's, it's like growth really, you know, it's like- It passing. really is. And he's, he was that foundation in a lot of ways, so- um, I guess the question would have to be again, if you got, you two come from the world of journalism, you really do. So if you got to interview him, what would, be, what would those questions be? I, I, I have. Him, yeah. If I interviewed him, I would want to know who inspired him since we're talking about how he inspired so many in our generation, who did he have to look up to since he, you know, was the first for so many Okay, like it. That's a really good question. I, um, you know, honestly, with someone like Sidney Poitier, I feel like I just would want to hear almost like a grandfather telling you stories of set and telling you stories of like what life was like, you know, during those Jim Crow days where, you know, maybe he wasn't, his film couldn't be shown in the South and things like that, like compared to now, I'd love to know just, I'd like to just know so much, like his life. Just tell me yeah. every story. So, <laughs> You're right, because so much of it is celebrated because we are celebrating the fortitude to go through all that. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. I mean, not maybe in an interview setting. You're right, Lauren, but maybe just in a regular, like, can we grab a drink it's setting? It's like Oprah-style interview, like, yeah. sit and talk about it. Like, give me a little more <laughs> texture, a little bit of, like, the bullshit, because it's really, like, you know, we could... It's such a weird thing. We are absorbing this as this major success story, but it's like, that was a journey that oh, yeah. we tend to just be like, yay, because it's great. We'd like to see it, but he went through it. So there was a lot of, you know, probably <laughs> cursing moments to get through, you know, such tense energy uh, of the time. So I think that's, yeah, that's, that, that's good. Um, I'm trying to think what I would ask him. I would probably ask him, I'd probably ask similar to what I said about the next generation, kind of like mm -hmm. what Fallon said, but she said, who inspired him? Like, mm -hmm. why did he want to do this type of work? I would want to say, so of the, of the new crop of talent, who are you looking at? And, and, and are like, wow, these, this new crop is like blowing me away. That's what I would like to know. And I would give him open conversation like say say six people <laughs> say 10 people. that is good yes. yeah I want to see yeah. that the tree so to speak like growing like who is he looking at and is like you know what I'd never even thought it could be this good uh yeah. something like that yeah, yeah. so should you know, we do another oh go ahead well I was just gonna say his daughter Sydney who's named after him is a really great actress but she's also been doing I think some directing and things like that um I hope that she can kind of continue his legacy and in, in her filmmaking. That's kind of just my hope for the future. But anyway, sorry, do you want to it's, move on? Let's talk about no, our father. Our no, no, father. one more, one more, one more. Oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> well, I told you Lauren is a good broadcaster. She's like, we got to move it along. I also don't have patience. <laughs> uh, you do. Uh, a movie, a biopic, what does that look like? Who, you guys are in the casting chair. Who are you casting to represent Sidney Poitier? Ooh. I mean, I would love to say Denzel because he crushes anything that he touches and yeah, that's he true. can embody anybody. Um, I could see him doing uh, doing Sydney for sure. Um, I would like to say that I think Denzel might be a little older for, <laughs> for well, the- Well, he could play the older Sydney, right? Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. I wish Chadwick Boseman was still here because yeah, he, yeah. he would really do a great job. 
I got my um, eyes on Jeremy Pope. I really like the work Jeremy Pope has been doing. Uh, he did a couple Broadway shows, very, very meaningful ones at that. Choir Boy was one of them. Um, and I like the navigation of his career. I feel like maybe, and I might be out of sorts, like maybe I'm not a great casting director, but to me, there's something that is just really screaming through with Jeremy Pope. Could it be uh, <laughs> that he's attractive? I don't know. But to me, that it just seems like, something he could really sink his teeth into. Yeah. So that's yeah. who that, that's one of my picks. Yeah. I always like a, a, a note, like a lesser name person to play in a biopic because then you, you're not distracted by like, Oh, oh this they is... are. No, you're right. You're yeah. so right. Mm-hmm. Basically you're saying no for Tyrese, for Teddy Pendergrass. I agree with you, Lauren. I agree with you. I don't know. So, I mean, if some can do it, you know, Chadwick a... did it. Denzel yeah. has done it. Jamie Foxx has done it. Jamie, but... yeah, Jamie has killed it. Mm-hmm. Um, who do I like also? Uh, uh, Luke James I like a lot. So Okay, I can see Luke James. Yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Let's just cast a lot of people. Let's m- make it a, a celebratory situation. Yeah. So uh, <laughs> let's let's be the casting director for once. No, but um, his legacy uh, is shining on, has shined on, has been impactful for people. Uh, we do have our drinks, so we'll do a little cheers here. I hate that I have a Powerade, but cheers. Mine's not a real drink. It's like a mango seltzer water with a lime. It looks good, actually. (laughs) Weren't you the one who decided we were going to do the drinking, Fallon? You were the one, Fallon. I (laughs) couldn't open the, um, my husband went to, I think, Brazil, and he got some, like, cool Brazilian alcohol, and I couldn't open it. And I was like, man. (laughs) <laughs> well, I will tell you this, this pop culture POV is the first of many within us three. Like I've done a ton of episodes, but like, you don't know to know Ronnie is to know that Lauren and Fallon are two of my closest, closest friends. So oh, this yeah, is like, family. <laughs> this is the beginning. And this episode's a little harder to do because it is in the vein of being more emotional because, you know, mm-hmm. we're celebrating the legacy. We're not, we're not talking about anything necessarily like current or, or, or whatnot. So um, yeah, you'll drink next time, Fallon. Okay. <laughs> I mean, I'm enjoying Me too. We're going to. Yeah. Yeah. So another um, legacy we're going to celebrate is just the, the, the unique experience that was Bob Saget's character, you know, to I, play I lo- <laughs> America's dad on a TV show and on a, a countdown show in America's Funniest Home Videos, but to be the raunchiest of mouths in his comedy act and to navigate even that, like it's, it's quite unbelievable. Um, the thing that strikes me a little bit different between Betty White and Sidney Poitier, there is somewhat of an assurance, you know, you know, 90, you know, you yeah. know, almost the, the age difference. You know, when I look at what I mean, when you're 20, it doesn't seem that way. But when you get a little older, you're like, wow, mid 60s. It just doesn't seem like he had necessarily enough life. Um, what are your guys thoughts about Bob Saget, Full House and him being uh, America's dad? Yeah, I know. I, when you said America's dad, he really was like, you grew up watching him and, you know, I had an amazing dad. Unfortunately, he worked so much. He was a business owner. He was working at multiple businesses in the day and even at night. So it almost, he kind of gave me that picture of what, you know, I wanted as a dad to be home with us and what I aspire my husband to be as a dad one day. Mm. Yeah. Um, for me also, like I related Danny Tanner to my dad. My dad was very like OCD and he had to clean everything all the time. And Danny Tanner was like that as well. So I remember like as a kid, always being like, dad, Danny Tanner, just like you, you guys clean too much and this and that. Mm. And, 
you know, just growing up, he was also a, a, you know, he worked on a morning show, Wake Up San Francisco. And that was like something that, you know, even as a kid, I'm like, oh, that's such a cool job. Um, he just was that all around great guy. And then in my teens, I forget what movie it was, but he like was really raunchy. He had like a really small scene in it. And he was super raunchy. It was like an AA meeting. He was playing like a character. And I remember being like in shock, like this is <laughs> Danny Tanner. And then obviously as I grew up and realized like his standup is so different from, you know, America's TV dad. And the fact that he was able to navigate all of that and still be so loved and so respected says a lot about who he was as a person, right? Mm-hmm. I wonder where he was at. Maybe, maybe nowadays it's different, but at the earlier stage when he was coming fresh off of being Danny Tanner and then fresh off of America's Funniest Home Videos, was there a negativity that he experienced being that he wanted to do and be who he was, but everyone kept putting him in that box? Like I I could only imagine, I mean, and and that goes for everyone in regards to um, being typecast, you know what Mm -hmm. I mean? So it's really a story of being typecast. So while he did feed you in that way, like Fallon said, it gave like a a fatherly uh, opinion it's also a bit frustrating and I hope my hope is that he um towards the end had fun with that because you know sometimes people struggle what's what did you have something no I I agree with you I feel like I I didn't watch too many interviews but did he struggle with being an alcoholic or some to some degree like that um, it's hard to tell because so. his jokes are so funny. So it's like, is it yeah. a joke? Or is I also it, is feel it, yeah. like as a comedian, like a stand-up comedian, if you've ever been friends with anyone that is like drinking is kind of a part, a part of the culture, yeah. but I don't think he had like anything on paper that was an actual like addiction. Yeah. Um, but I mean, you have to think if, if it's true, him having potentially a stroke or a heart attack, I mean, his lifestyle probably wasn't you know the cleanest but we don't know but either way I just feel like you know yeah yeah. I got the vibe that he probably you know struggled Uh, maybe it wasn't addiction but especially living that nightlife world doing stand-up going from having the biggest hit TV show to having to travel and do nightclubs you know we didn't see another hit like that you know, full house ever again in his career, even though he did have other opportunities. So I'm sure he probably went through his own, you know, inside struggle with not being able to live up to that hype that he had earlier. Yeah, like what Ronnie is saying, I do think that he probably was typecast a lot and maybe couldn't even make it, you know, get the auditions that he wanted because they're like, oh, we don't want Danny Tanner for this, you know. You definitely know it. Yeah, go ahead. No, that's all. Um, you definitely know what happens because I mean, it happens even to us. So you know, we're at a, I'm, yeah, at a exactly. I'm at a little bit of a lower level, but sometimes when you come into one space and people know you as this, they don't want to let you grow into anything else. And I guess that's mm-hmm. what my question was originally here is like, I do believe for sure. I've heard enough interviews that it was kind of a frustrating situation and his comedy sort of overrode that. So it was a, kind of a way to like be like uh, frustrated and still like get your opinions out. And so I'm kind of hoping that like these last couple of years, it had been enough time that, you know, every, like everyone refers back to aristocrat, you know, the joke and all these things. And we, we definitely know where his mind is at and all that stuff. (laughs) And I don't think at the beginning, 
he like I'm not saying he needed to prove it to anyone, but I wonder if in in the 80s and early 90s did he feel the need to like say I'm not that, that guy yeah like, I want to separate myself as much as possible and you from... see it with other talent too because like I always think about like Mariah Carey too like I feel like she was very much against being the Christmas queen for years. And the last couple of years, maybe because of the kids or maybe because she figured she could do most of her work, you know, for, for a very brief time, it's like she's embracing it. But I don't yeah. think if you ask me, I don't think Mariah loved being this Christmas like like queen. She didn't like it. And now she's like, let's go. <laughs> yeah. Like, let's let me make my money off the day after October uh, 31st, November 1st. She's like yeah. popping. <laughs> and that's yep. the note too. Oh, Lauren, did you have something? Nope, you can continue. Um, that's the note too, I think that we all go through. Like we spend, even though we're not trying to validate anything or like make sure we're represented as such. I think that I've done that too on occasion where I have to let people know this is what time it is. And I do feel like as I've matured, I'm not under 40 anymore. <laughs> so now that I've hit that monumental big age of 40 years old, it did open up a little bit of like, let it flow, let it flow. And I'm hoping that Bob Saget had a little bit of that too. Yeah. I hope so too. That's, that's a good way to put it. Um, but if we did talk about full house, is there certain, um, moments or episodes that really like, like just bring you back, not necessarily just him, but just in general that you always think of, cause I have one. <laughs> okay. Let's hear yours. Okay. So <laughs> sometimes when I'm walking, <laughs> it's not even him it's it's uh michelle uh i'll say i'm coming i'm coming i'm coming i'm coming i'm coming i'm coming i'm here and i say that all the time when i'm walking <laughs> like like don't yeah i i that's that's a me thing yeah because of that yeah show. those, uh, those coming, I'm coming, I'm coming, I'm coming, I'm coming, I'm here yeah i, say yeah. I love when michelle's like you got it dude yep, yeah that's, that's a, like classic yeah that's a meme um what do you think about the comedian um, support that that he's gotten? Because that's pretty magical. If he ever did have a struggle with being, you know, I, I'm more than Danny Tanner. I think the comedian outpour has been so supportive of his unfortunate passing. And that to me is really exciting, you know, as far as like credibility and legacy and stuff like that. Yeah, definitely. I saw a video of, uh, I think, Jeffrey Ross and, and John Mayer picked up Bob Saget's car from the airport. He'd left his car at LAX and uh, they were, it was like a 20 minute video of them just kind of remembering him and reminiscing. And, oh my gosh, that was the first time I cried after he passed. Cause it was just like, you could feel the pain. And, you know, Jeffrey Ross is a huge comedian, uh, but you see people like Lonnie Love giving him credit and just so many comedians so like you said Ronnie I think if anything this shows that he was definitely respected in that realm and he definitely was loved so. and he had a podcast I mean and he had a podcast all these he, I mean he recently like he had everybody on his podcast it was awesome so. which goes to show that you know people will say what they say about podcasts or whatever and some of them are really just no good but the special thing about using your voice, even if it is humor, like he did, or like how we choose to do, like, I think we're very specific with the show that we're doing here right now. Um, it really does go to show that, that those words, they, they're meaningful and they, um, they have impact. I guess that's the, the through line for me. Yeah, I just, I feel like I'm really 
I'm grateful that we're talking about people who at least lived most of their life. I mean, with Bob Saget, of course, he was too young to, to pass. But with Sydney and Betty, I'm glad that we have this like entire, all of them, this like uh, collection of their work, right? That will live on forever in infamy. And we can show our children like, you know, and um, it's interesting. I just speaking of Betty White, I, my grandmother is a huge Golden Girls fan. And the other day she had on one of her T-shirts that says stay golden with all the Golden Girls. And in a way, you know, she kind of grew up with Betty White there. Betty was a little bit older, but she grew up watching her. And so I think it's just up to us to continue telling these stories about these amazing artists and listening to people like our grandparents who have different perspectives of, of uh, you know, these artists as well and just making sure that they live on forever. And, and thank, take, you to, thank you to them for giving us their art. And take some time to, you know, go into their work, find all their stuff, you know what I mean? Don't yeah. resort it to what you already know. Like I'm thinking about yeah. it. Like for my mom, the, the one show that was the most impactful for her was always uh, um, Mary Tyler Moore. So like Betty White's contribution to that is like, you know, that could have been enough for a legacy. But lo and behold, you know, she just kept giving us stuff, you know, all yeah. the way to, like you say, the proposal. Um, yeah. You two um, both are super busy and have a lot of really great stuff. I'll start with Fallon. You have a product line and you do a lots of things. Can you tell us about those things? Well, yes, I can. <laughs> this is nutrition, <laughs> off natural supplements. Um, yeah, so I am a nutritionist and herbalist. And um, I guess you could tell me like a health and fitness correspondent or reporter as well. Um, but as an herbalist, I created my line of all natural supplements. And I have everything from weight loss, gut health, um, sleep, energy, and I'll be bringing in more products as well. Um, I do nutrition coaching and health coaching as well um, that go hand in hand with the product. So if you are looking to reach your 2022 New Year's goals, or if you have some health issues that you're not seeing results with, you know, medication or going to the doctor, sometimes herbs and food can really, really help and address the problems. And Fallon always says, make sure you get your sleep. And we're oh, talking about- so important. I don't have my product with me. I have a product <laughs> called Sleep Tight. Um, but yeah, sleep is so important. That's when your body detoxes. That's when you rejuvenate. That's when, you know, you people who don't get enough sleep actually, you know, later on will suffer from dementia and memory issues because that's even when your brain um, takes time to let go of old memories or, you know, toxins. So that way you could be rejuvenated in the morning. But yeah, sleep is so important. Um, even for weight loss, if you're not getting enough sleep, you might be at a standstill with losing weight. As a friend, Fallon has presented me with that information that you have got to put sleep as such a priority. And the reason I mentioned that, I worry you guys a little bit about, we're talking about these bits of talent or these artists, you know, these three artists, Betty White, Sidney Poitier, Bob Saget. It was a time to create when you created, not to say that they couldn't have had their own issues. They probably all did. Everyone is human. I worry about the next generation and how fast it, you, it's required to create content, to, yeah. you know, like to be as involved. I get so much critique, tons of critique. Now I'll do a hundred shows a day practically on my podcast platform, right? All the shows. But one thing I do, and I get so much crap about it, 
is that I take time away a lot because I don't feel like I could present my best art and I'm not even sure I'm presenting my best art now, but I don't, I don't think I could do as good as uh, I can't reach my potential. If I don't get the sleep, if I don't step away and Fallon, when I tell you like, check out her website and all that stuff, because she has, she kind of has like a roadmap for all of it. So let me stop mm -hmm. gassing you up. You ain't, you ain't that hot Fallon. Forget about it. <laughs> no, she is that hot. Her products work. We know this. Yeah. Um, I, think, I think too, a lot of artists, I think a lot of them end up, you know, being addicted to drugs or pain meds or because they're not getting the proper rest that they need. And so they're trying to pull it through, you know, pain pills and other things to try to push through and yeah. their bodies are telling them, Hey, you need rest. And when you have rest, that's when you have the most inspiration, you know? I love the shift that we're having, that there's more uh, talent out there now that are like doing shows that represent that. Even if it's just like food stuff, I was watching Padma, Padma Lakshmi, is that her name? Padma's yeah. show on Hulu. And it was a food show. Granted, it wasn't about being healthy per se, but it was about food and, and the cultural connection and how it makes you feel good and a bit of a reset too. And you're right. So many people are doing great work and we're feeding off it. We feel really good. We're like, oh yeah, the new Beyonce album. But like, we really got to make sure that we're always taking care of ourselves. And we're got to hope that the talent out there is taking care of themselves. So yeah, that's my two cents. Yeah. Lauren, what do you got? <laughs> Fitrition.com. No, um, I, okay. So currently I am, of course, like I said before, I'm a film critic and a TV critic. Um, and I also am a broadcast journalist. And my website is laurenlovesit.com where I give movie reviews, celebrity interviews, um, all kind of fun stuff like that. And I'm currently working on something that's gonna launch in February uh, where I'm kind of showing you that you can be a critic too, whether you're five years old or 50. So stay tuned for that. Wow. All right. Well, we celebrated the legacy of some great artists. Um, I'm, I'm loving the work you guys are doing. I thought this was a great time for us three to connect. We will do many other episodes that are a little more fun. This was actually a little bit hard, I got to say, because yeah. we really dipped into like the emotion. But these two right here, these, these ladies, these queens, Fallon and Lauren are so dynamic that I'm just like, yo, follow their work. And they've, uh, they've been great friends to me for many, 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 many years. Um, celebrating Betty White, celebrating Sydney Portier, celebrating Bob Saget. This has been popculturepov.com or popculturepointofview.com um, or randomlyronniejr.com or my Patreon. Hit it all, hit it all, show some support. We're building a network around here. Not really uh, doing it for visual numbers, but I really want to make sure I like what I do because I've worked in the radio industry forever. <laughs> Damn it, man. <laughs> it's so difficult. It's like, is is unhealthy. Yeah. <laughs> With that being said, I'm up for two opportunities. So let's see where we could we can we can make a move. But I think the biggest thing is I'm making the moves that are in the most healthy way. So um, conversations like this were impactful. All right, that's it, you guys. Oh, cheers, cheersy, cheers to Betty White, cheers to Sydney Portier, cheers to um, Bob Saget and the legacy of the art. And cheers to you, Ronnie. Thank you. It was an honor. Oh. Thank you.